0: Corinthians, chapter 15 1st Corinthians chapter 15 let's go ahead and read from let's go ahead and read from verse 20 to verse 35 from verse 20 to verse 35. So we begin with verse 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Go ahead, please, Sister Renee. Thank you. 35, I just wanted to uh, include it. Uh, it starts a new section of uh, the chapter. One of the things that some people may ask how will the resurrection take place? Uh, when the resurrection comes, And when the Lord raises people from the dead, uh, what form will they have? Now that's coming up. Uh, That's coming up. Remember uh, from uh, verse 20 to verse 28, the two basic ideas there must be a resurrection of the believer because Christ is the first fruits, because there is a unity, because there is a relationship. Because there is a real connection between Christ and the believer. And since Christ has risen, the believer will rise. First fruits. Then, Christ must defeat every enemy, and death is one of those enemies. For the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the believers, to remain in death, for their bodies to remain in death, is... In some sense a defeat as far as the Lord Jesus is concerned and a victory as far as sin is concerned Uh, no such victories will last no such victories will uh, endure Uh, the Lord Jesus will triumph over all Uh, every enemy must be uh, destroyed We got to verse 29 uh, last time. Else what shall they say who are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? Why are they then baptized for uh, the dead? There are some people who look at this verse and they believe that I can be baptized for my grandfather if my grandfather was not baptized. I can be baptized for my great-grandfather. I can be baptized for a whole multitude of uh, people. I once read about uh, someone who was baptized for a large number of former presidents of the United States. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps he was someone who was uh, inclined to an interest in history. We can be baptized for people who have already gone, who are not with us here anymore, who have passed away, and uh, this baptism uh, can lead to good consequences, positive uh, things as far as the person is concerned. He may be in hell, when I am baptized for him, he may be raised up to heaven, or If you believe in purgatory, if you believe in uh, some kind of gradations, you might say, between suffering and between uh, heavenly comfort, and if you think that your grandfather is somewhere in between, then you can be baptized for him, and if he doesn't rise all the way to heavenly comfort, then at least he rises a certain distance towards it Uh, the idea of the baptism uh, for the dead some people believe this uh, idea hold to it in this day and time Uh, notably the Mormons uh, who hold to other ideas as well Um, and um, I think I think there might be some uh, others The idea of the baptism uh, for the dead. This is not what uh, the Bible teaches. A book is characterized by unity. This is what we believe concerning the Bible. Listen, this is what people oftentimes believe with regard to a book, not just the Bible. Here is an author who is writing and he says uh, certain things. He says them several times. He says them relatively clearly. And then along comes another statement that is not very clear and could be understood as contradicting what he has said many times in other places. It is common, and I'm talking about regular books, I'm not talking about the Bible, it's common for people to say well the writer has spoken of this subject clearly and repeatedly in other parts of his book and so this one statement over here that seems to disagree, uh, we should try to understand it in the light of the other statements which are many, which are repeated, which are clear this is what people commonly do with regard to such things, even when you're not talking about a book like uh, the Bible, and I think that's a fair way, a reasonable way of thinking, and I think it is the correct way of thinking with regard to uh, the Bible. Remember that the idea of baptism for the dead, as I just presented it, includes a number, not just one, of serious errors. Uh, one of them is that we are not saved by works. We are saved through repentance and faith. We are saved by God's grace, by God's mercy. It is not baptism which saves us, nor coming to church, uh, nor. Uh, uh, preaching from a pulpit, singing in a choir, uh, playing an instrument uh, in church, teaching Sunday school, helping, assisting, serving in a church in any uh, way or the other, helping the poor, uh, uh, encouraging each other as believers, being kind to other men, None of these things, as valuable as they are, none of them save. None of them save. I sometimes like to say, we are indeed saved by works. We are saved by the great work of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross. And somehow, it is, let me use a strong word, blasphemous to say that i can be saved by coming to church because it seems to put coming to church on the same level as the death of christ upon the cross we are saved by what the lord jesus christ did we are not saved by what uh, we do by what we do and let us remember that the bible speaks of this clearly so let's read uh, And recall several passages. Ephesians 2 8 and 9. By grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. Romans chapter 4 and verse 5. To him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Uh, Look at John chapter 6 and verses 28 and 29, people coming to the Lord Jesus and speaking in terms that are familiar, people tend to think that salvation is by works. Uh, John chapter 6 and verse 28, They then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? All right? A single statement, single question that contains three references to works. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that he may believe on him whom he has sent. Philippian jailer, likewise. You might find in his question this tendency that people have to focus on works. What shall I do to be saved? And the answer was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be uh, saved. Some other verses uh, regarding salvation being not by works Uh, In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans chapter 4 and uh, the first few verses. I already mentioned uh, verse 5. But let's read from Romans 4 and from verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has something of which to glory, but not before God. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that works not but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. As righteousness. Romans chapter 11 and uh, verse uh, 6. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and the passage of the foundation and the things that are laid upon it. 1 Corinthians 3, beginning with verse 11. No other foundation, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire will try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abides, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. If the works are burned up, a person is saved. Now, if he's saved by his works and the works are burned up, then pray tell what does his salvation rest upon? Well, of course, the answer is the foundation. That's what it rests upon. Uh, Galatians chapter 2 and verse uh, 21. Galatians 2, uh, 21, uh, the Bible says, "Uh, I do not make void, I do not nullify, frustrate, or set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Galatians 3:10 through 12. For as many uh, are for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God it is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in uh, them. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. James tells us that the one who keeps the whole law, yet offends in one point, that this person is guilty of all. And that's the situation, the true condition of all those who think that they are saved by uh, works, by God's grace through repentance and uh, faith. It doesn't make that much sense. Many of these passages that we uh, read are uh, written by Paul. It doesn't make that much sense to take one statement, somewhat obscure in meaning, and to say that it negates, or even that it contradicts, a multitude of other uh, passages it is more reasonable to say that this verse has another meaning, and that's something that we will speak of uh, shortly. Another important uh, uh, error involved in the idea of the baptism for the dead is that I can be saved for another person. That somehow what I do will lead to the salvation of another person will lead to the salvation of uh, another. You might say, well, I can witness to someone, they can be saved. They're saved by the message. They are not saved by me. I am not an indispensable part of their salvation. Somebody else could preach to them. Somebody else could witness to them. So we're not talking about uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Look at Psalm 49 and verse 7. Psalm 49 and verse 7, uh, the Bible says, None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. One cannot be saved for another. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20. Ezekiel 18 and verse 20, uh, the Bible says, The soul that sins, it shall die. The Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father, neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. What shall a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And the idea is that there is no such thing. But if the idea of the baptism for the dead is correct, then that means that Sister Vera being baptized for me is something that redeems my soul. The statement of the Lord Jesus uh, is uh, something that is not in favor of uh, that idea. Uh, Romans chapter 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you believe in your heart, you will be saved. Not if somebody else does something uh, for you. Romans 14, 12. Every one of us must give an account of himself to God. Not give an account for somebody else. Uh, 2 Corinthians five ten. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto Lot for righteousness. No. It was counted unto Abraham for uh, righteousness. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2, the gospel was preached uh, to us, and it was also preached to them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The people who heard it did not have faith, and so it did not help them. And I think the clear implication is that there is no other help other uh, than that without faith it is impossible to please him the one who comes to God must believe that he is he is a rewarder of the those who diligently seek him ye shall seek me and ye shall find me if you search for me with all your hearts or if somebody else gets baptized for you Uh, uh, the foolish virgins remember the parable the wise virgins and the foolish virgins and the fact that the foolish virgins did not have oil and at one point they said, give us some of your oil. And the wise virgin said, not so. It doesn't work that way. Uh, it doesn't work uh, that way. If we were to understand that I can be baptized for my grandfather, who, for the purposes of our discussion, let us assume, is suffering, torments, and hell." What about what the Lord Jesus taught in Luke chapter 16? Remember Lazarus and the rich man? Remember there is a great gulf fixed. There is a great gulf fixed. You uh, cannot uh, cross. Think also of uh, what uh, Paul expressed in uh, Romans and chapter 9 and the beginning of the chapter. Uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 1, he is speaking of his kinsmen according to the flesh. He is speaking of the Jewish people. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ. For my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh who are the Israelites. Why should you wish to be accursed so that they would be saved? Which, of course, is a hypothetical statement. Not possible. All right? Why don't you just go be baptized for them? Why don't you just go and be baptized uh, for them? Why wasn't the Lord Jesus baptized for people instead of dying on the cross? (laughs) he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist why wasn't he baptized a whole bunch of times for all sorts of people who had passed away at that time people of the Old Testament Uh, the apostles uh, the early believers the church um, in those early days so evangelistic as we all should be spreading the word bearing the message, enduring difficulty and persecution, why suffer that persecution? Why cross distances? Why go to faraway places? Why not just be baptized for those people? Uh, why not be baptized for uh, those people? If I can be baptized for someone and somehow righteousness is transferred to them maybe also i can do something bad and have the bad thing transferred to them <laughs> if i can yeah <laughs> if if i can if if i can do something here and someone else is raised through gradations of purgatory out of suffering and closer to heaven then maybe i can do some bad thing and can can bring some, someone down Uh, It can bring someone down. Reminds me of the story. Now it's not directly relevant, but it's uh, but it's somewhat close. Somewhat close. The angel came to a certain man and told him, "I will give you whatever you want, but whatever I give you, I am going to give double to your enemy." (laughs) And the man thought a short while, and then he said, "I want one blind eye." (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, if if righteousness can be transferred, how do we know that unrighteousness can't be uh, uh, transferred? Um, if I am baptized for the dead for my grandfather, and this saves my grandfather, uh, then uh, this means uh, that I am in effect the savior of my grandfather and the bible says there is no salvation in any other and there's one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved the lord jesus john eight twenty four. if you don't believe that i am he you will die in your sins john 14 and verse 6 i am the way the truth and the life no one no man comes unto the father but by me We read already 1 Corinthians 3, no other foundation uh, other than uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. 1st uh, John chapter, 1st uh, Timothy chapter 2 verse 5, 1st John chapter 5 and verse 11, this is the record God has given unto us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life and he that has not the Son of God has not life, has not uh, life. So, Salvation is not by works. The Bible is clear. Salvation on our part through repentance and faith. On God's part, it is given to us by His grace, His undeserved goodness. One person cannot be saved for another and there is only one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we are looking at First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul speaks of baptism for uh, the dead. Baptism for the dead. It doesn't mean, and we've looked at what it doesn't mean. What does it mean? What is he referring to? What is the meaning? Uh, What is the uh, point? What is uh, the point? If you want to take it in a straightforward way, in the most direct way, you would say that it involves people being baptized for the dead. Now, who would be baptized for the dead? Well, perhaps, perhaps people who are unsaved, perhaps people who don't know the truth, perhaps people who are pagans. Notice, else what shall they do? who are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? So if we say the direct sense, people being baptized for the dead, one way to understand the statement is that the word they refers to those who aren't saved, refers to uh, pagans, refers to people who do not know the Lord, uh, Pagan worship of the time took all sorts of different forms. And there were people who were particularly interested in what they thought of as the underworld and the dead, and uh, who did things that somehow they thought were connected to the world of the dead, the underworld, as they thought. Now, if we... Understand the statement to be a reference to such things. Then. You could think that Paul is doing this. He's saying. If you look at the pagans. Alright. If you look at people who are not saved. They have. Some hope. Regarding those who have passed away. Some hope. Now, he's not saying that their hope is correct. But he's saying that they have some hope. Regarding those who have passed away. Now, why should you believe that there is no resurrection? And the result of that is that you have no hope. Concerning those who are passed away, he's already covered that before we reach this point in the chapter. That makes you, by this very small measure, it makes you worse than the pagans. (laughs) By this very small measure, all right? In this one point, in this little aspect, you might say, of the totality of what a person might believe. It seems like you're doing worse than the pagans. The pagans have some hope regarding the dead, and you are living or thinking in a way that gives you no hope regarding those who have passed away. Now there are others who say that they the word they, remember, in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty nine. There are others who say that the word they could refer to a certain group of the Corinthian believers who may have been influenced by society of that time. And society of that time may have had some of this kind of thing going on. And so they started to imitate the society of that time, they started to think and do things like the society of that time. Now, to think that they refers to the Corinthian believers or certain subset thereof, I think it's very, very unlikely. Why is it very, very unlikely? It's a serious error a very serious error for someone who is a believer to be influenced by such ideas and to hold to them even in part. Why would Paul just mention something like this if some Corinthian believers were tending to think that way? Why should he just mention it and go on? This is a letter that's filled with correction, a letter that's filled with rebuke. It's also filled with encouragement, exhortation, instruction, and so on. He has told them many times concerning a number of things, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and he's tried to show them what's right. So if the word they refers to some believers who were influenced by the culture to think in that way, it would seem that Paul would take time to address this point, to correct them, to tell them this is wrong, and to, uh, uh, and to clarify what is right, uh, to clarify uh, what is uh, right. Now, it should be mentioned that this interpretation, this approach to this statement, uh, It depends on the presence of people at that time. Most likely, as I just said, we would be talking about unbelievers. We would be talking about uh, uh, those engaged in uh, pagan worship in idolatry. It depends on the presence of such people who are doing baptisms for the dead. One of the things that mm, doesn't support this approach that much is the fact that we don't have, from history, we don't have uh, clear evidence that around the time of the writing of this letter and in the vicinity of Corinth or elsewhere reasonably close, we don't have an idea from history that there were people baptizing for the dead. Uh, So the idea that Paul could be talking about pagans and saying even the pagans believe in something and you shouldn't deny the resurrection and end up with no hope uh, because then in some sense with regard to this matter, you know, you'd be almost worse than the pagans with regard to this matter. This depends on the presence of a pagan practice of baptizing for the dead at that time and there's not clear evidence for that there isn't now at the same time you need to come back and say we don't know everything from those times and uh, so if we don't know that that was present that's not the same as knowing for sure that it wasn't because we don't know the things from uh, those uh, times all right so if you want to take the statement in a direct sense the most kind of straightforward sense you would say it is referring to baptism for the dead and it is quite possible to think that he is speaking of pagans of idol worshippers of some of the things which they do and he says at least this shows that they have some hope now it's not well founded as far as they are concerned but on our side we should have hope on our side we should have uh, hope There are other possibilities. Things are not always uh, to be understood in the most direct way. Sometimes words and phrases are used uh, figuratively. Sometimes words and phrases uh, are used in a way other than the most direct. So... First Corinthians 15:29, else what shall they do, who are baptized for uh, the dead, uh, for uh, the dead? The dead could be a reference not to others, but rather to those who are being baptized. And the meaning could be expressed in the following way. If the dead do not rise, then why should anyone be baptized for their own dying body? Why should they be baptized for their own, so to speak, corpse, for their own dying body? Baptism is a picture of a number of things. It is a picture of a person Dying with the Lord Jesus Christ and rising again to a new life. Dying with Him and rising again to a new spiritual uh, life. But at the same time, it includes, I think, an element of The rising of the body, just as Christ rose, the believer will rise again because of the unity of the believer with uh, Christ, uh, uh, with Christ. In some way, in baptism, a believer declares his faith, his faith, of course, in a number of things, including his faith in what? In the fact that there is a rising again of the body, And therefore, one can understand this statement in the following way. Look, Corinthian believers, when you are baptized, your baptism is supposed to, among other things, speak of the fact that you will die and rise again with Christ, not just spiritually but also physically. Now, if you don't believe that, then why are you being baptized? If you don't believe that, then why are you being baptized? Uh, then why are you be, being baptized? It's like someone who goes to university but doesn't believe in education. Uh, someone who joins the army but doesn't believe in fighting. <laughs> uh, part of baptism is an expression of faith in the resurrection of Christ and our resurrection with Him, both spiritually and physically, both spiritually and physically. Uh, And so, and so, why are you baptized? If you don't believe in something which is definitely an element, one of the things that is involved in uh, baptism other interpretations let me try to get into them <laughs> uh, quickly uh, other possibilities here one of the things to, uh, to be aware of is that the word which is translated for uh, those who are baptized for the dead mentioned twice in the verse uh, this is the Greek word hooper and guess what <laughs> it has several possible meanings it has several possible meanings Uh, it can be translated for it is a legitimate translation but it can also be translated above, about, across, beyond on behalf of, instead of because of, in reference to it is one word with a multiplicity of possible translations. For is one of them, and maybe, maybe the most common one, but there are others. So here's another way to understand this statement They are baptized for the dead with a view towards the dead. This interpretation says something like this Father, mother, husband, wife. Brother, sister, son, daughter, loved one or friend may have been in the faith before me. And the time came for them to go and to be with the Lord. And what do they do? They say to me, you must receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And if you do, then one day we will be together again in his presence. One day we will be together again in His presence. And I believe, because I believe the message, that must be true, but because also I am encouraged to do so by this loved one who has said, you need to receive the Lord Jesus as Savior. I'm going to be with Him. I want you to follow. And so I believe to some extent, because of their testimony, uh, their testimony. Baptized for the dead, another way that it can be understood, in the place of. Let me mention something that happened here in church a long time ago, now almost 50 years ago, maybe Sister Renee remembers, my mother uh, remembers There was a brother whose name was, I think, Bahjat Zarub. Bahjat Zarub. He was not uh, elderly. He was a relatively young man. Bahjat Zarub won to the Lord, if I'm not mistaken, Brother N'ula Jahshan. And then soon after, Bahjat Zarub won Brother N'ula Jahshan to the faith and let me say between parentheses, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the remembrance uh, of uh, the uh, believer, the memory of the just is blessed. Bahjad Zarub, after he won an Ula Jahjan to the faith, Bahjad Zarub died as a young man, relatively unexpectedly. And people in church said that it's as if Brother Nula took the place of Brother Bashat. Brother Bashat went to be with the Lord and Brother Ula came in his place as if he replaced him. Uh, think of the believers as a group. Think of them, if you will, as, as an army. Some are gone, gone to be with the Lord. Others come and they fill their places. They fill their places. Now, if the ones who go who are made absent by death. If that's the end and there is no hope, then why should anyone ever replace them? This is like an army that is being defeated. Who joins an army that is being defeated? People run away from an army that is being defeated. Uh, uh, People join an army which is victorious, but the victories do involve a price. Some people lay down their lives. Other people take their place. Those who are baptized for the dead can refer to what? The fact that believers, when they believe, they take the place of others who have gone on. But if the going on, if the death of the believer means there's no hope, that's it anymore, uh, there's nothing after that, defeat, destruction, uh, suffering forever, whatever, then, then why should anyone take the place of a believer who has died? Why should anyone, so to speak, replace him and stand in his, uh, in his place? Let me mention quickly, uh, uh, as quickly as I can, two other uh, interpretations, uh, two other uh, possibilities. Uh, another interpretation focuses on being baptized. The word for, remember, can be translated and understood in several ways because of the death. That is because of their influence and because of their testimony. Think of Stephen. Think of his death, his martyrdom. Wafed Stephanos, Estishhed Stephanos. Think of how he died, and think of the fact that Saul of Tarsus was there. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us precisely, the Bible does not tell us that there was an impact, but many people believe that there was in some way or the other in various ways ones who have gone before us their lives and their testimony continues to influence people for the truth the Bible says that Abel being dead yet speaks Habil <inaudible> and so those who have gone on but their testimony continues their witness continues their faith still uh, speaks and that has an impact on me and I think of coming to this faith but why should I come to this faith if death again is the defeat of everything the end of everything if there's no hope after that then that means that someone who has died he is gone that's it And it's all vain and empty and uh, meaningless. He is defeated. He is discredited. He is silenced. No weight should be given to what he said. uh, To what he said. One last uh, uh, interpretation. The word baptism is used in the Bible twice by the Lord Jesus to indicate what? To indicate suffering to indicate suffering. Now, the word baptism just means immersion. What are you immersed into? Commonly, when it's speaking of immersion, you're immersed into water. But figuratively, the word is also used, the Lord Jesus says, I have a baptism to be baptized with. He was speaking of what? Of the cross, of his sufferings of his sufferings. This is Matthew 20 and verse 22. Uh, Luke chapter 12 and verse 50, a similar statement, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how I am straightened until it is accomplished. The word baptism could be understood figuratively. The dead in this case would be who? The dead in this case would be the spiritually dead the ones who are unsaved the ones who need the message of the gospel what is paul uh uh, saying here he says in effect those who are suffering for the lord as they try to deliver the message of the gospel to the unsaved why should they do that if it's a message which is meaningless, if it's a message which is worthless, if it's a message that is void, if it's a message that's untrue, then why should you suffer in order to deliver that message to others? And notice that this is in keeping with what he says afterwards, verse 30, why do we stand in jeopardy in every, uh, uh, every hour? Uh, verse 32 if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus what does it profit me if the dead rise not let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die and so and so this is another possible uh, interpretation why is it that we bother why is it that we sacrifice why is it that we suffer in order to deliver the message of the gospel to those who are dead, meaning to those who are unsaved, if there is no resurrection, because, again, if there is no resurrection, the message is worthless, the message is meaningless, void, null, empty, worthless. This is what he has already spoken of. So, let me just say, uh, uh, in closing, that it is not... The only way to understand this passage That I can be baptized for my grandfather And my grandfather can therefore go from uh, uh, hell to heaven Or pass through several layers of purgatory Uh, uh, The going from hell to heaven, that doesn't happen The, The several layers of purgatory, purgatory doesn't exist All right? To say that that is the only way to understand this verse, it's just simply not true. There are other ways, several other ways, and each one of them, reasonable in its own sense, and some people would hold to this one, or some people hold to that one, but it is not what the Bible teaches that I can be baptized for my grandfather who has passed away, and that this somehow can help him in one way or the other. It's not what the Bible uh, what the Bible teaches. There are several ways to understand it, several ways that you can uh, that you can think of it that are reasonable, and that do not take us into an idea that clearly contradicts the bible in so many ways let's pray our heavenly father we thank you lord for your word we pray lord that you'd give us wisdom as we look to it help us to know that there are some passages where we need to think and we need to seek wisdom from you in a special way and indeed in all your word we should say unto you, Lord, open our eyes so that we might behold wondrous things out of your word. We thank you because Christ is the first fruits. The believer will follow in a resurrection of the body. We thank you because he will defeat all his enemies, including, including death now is christ risen from the dead and he is become the first fruits of them that sleep and he must reign, and the last enemy which will be destroyed is death we pray in jesus name and for his glory amen